Hello. Welcome to uh, Anchored in Hope podcast. I think we're on on. It looks fine. So I'm taking for granted that we are that we are on. Today is October 7th, the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And so uh, we ask her to pray for us and with us this day as we begin our prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great God of love and mercy, we thank you that you've allowed us to know you and to love you and to serve you and to be called as your true disciples. Help us to always be your true disciples through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. On this, the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, which is now known as Our Lady of the Rosary. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good afternoon. I hope all are you all of you are well. Again, this is uh October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. You're watching Anchored in Hope. My name is Father Larry Richards, in case you don't know. And what we do here is we um, just answer questions that anyone might have uh, that you can write in. You can. Some of the people have already done it. I have not one uh, email uh, question here, so I don't know if uh, people just don't have any questions or they haven't been given them to me so i don't know what the, which which of those it is so but again those of you who are live you can ask me questions on the side um and we'll answer as many as we can get to when we're done with questions we're done with the podcast let me tell you because i have another meeting to get to i have had a day and a half i this morning i had mass at seven o'clock and then afterwards at eight thirty, i had to put my dog mac down which uh I talked about last week he wasn't uh he wasn't doing well his cancer got his uh, leg really got really big and he wasn't eating and uh even last night I thought for sure that I was going to sleep on the first floor cuz my bedroom's on the third floor and he usually comes up but it's been very hard for him to come up so I put everything together in the guest room on the first floor and I was going to stay with him cuz I knew it'd be his last night last night and I went up to take my contacts and that out and turn, I turn around, isn't Mac. He walked all those steps. And then when I went to bed, I have a big uh, bed and he jumped right up into bed. And uh, he was uh, with me last night. And then he woke me up about two o'clock in the morning. And the other one, Rex, wouldn't uh, get into bed. So the only thing I did last night was just pet him for over an hour. And he turned around on his back and and the Lord just gave me such peace that it was time and that the Lord who created him and loved him because he loves everything that he has created would take him back and he would be with him and with me when I uh, uh, took him into the vet today. And so then he wouldn't eat and then I made him eat a little bit and I even gave him his medicine knowing that he was not going to be with us in an hour. But I just thought, well, it's part of the ritual, I guess, or part of what I do and I want him to make very comfortable. And then he perked up to get into the car. Um, and then when I took him to the place, they went and, uh, you know, it took him in the back and they put the thing in his leg. And then, you know, they, it's a very quick process. Uh, they just put something in to put him asleep. 
And that took about 10 seconds. And then they asked me if I want, so I'm there with him the whole time, petting him. And, uh, and then when he goes to sleep, the, the doctor sat there and says to me, uh, so do you want to stay for when we uh, put him down here and you know give him the other shot? And I said, do I have to? As long as he knew I was with him uh, to the end. So then I, uh, I left, uh, leaving him uh, to do that because I didn't want to see him. I couldn't have handled that. It was enough handling these last two days. Um, yesterday I was worse than I am today because it's already done now, you know. So, uh, and again, like I've said a thousand times before, that I believe that animals... Uh, don't just die, that God gives them life too. St. Thomas Aquinas talked about animals don't have an eternal soul, but they'd go to a natural state of uh, heaven. Who knows? I just think that the God who created them, uh, and he was the greatest dog. He just was. Very gentle, very good, um, fantastic. I still have another one. We had to take him out so he didn't have to watch him go because I don't... He starts crying and everything else, so I still don't think it's hit him that his brother's gone. Um, but I haven't been home. I've had one meeting after another after another today, and uh, I just saw the, the big meeting with the uh, bishop of the diocese and uh, our vicariate here talking about our future. So I come here and then uh, have my uh, counseling appointment right after, which is necessary today. And then uh, dinner, and then we have um, Father Max going to have the uh, praise and worship tonight, which we usually uh, broadcast on this station. And then uh, we have Pints with Padre. I don't know if uh, I'm going to be there tonight, but I know Father Mac will be there tonight. Um, so, and those of you who knew and have been praying for me and praying for us, thank you very much. It's the strength that I had today. Uh, so that's the greatest thing uh, that we this is called anchored in hope that no matter what there's always hope isn't it interesting the, uh, the, the gospel today was about Jonah and it ends and uh, God's yelling at Jonah because of all the people there and says and not to mention the cattle so God was even concerned about the cattle so uh, God is concerned about all things. That's what I believe. If you notice in the scriptures, he talks about, uh, look at the sparrows in the air, and not one falls without your father's permission. So that God is so intimate, even in animals' lives, that today, uh, Mac did not leave this earth without our father's permission. And it was in his plan. And it was... um, it was there. So never despair. Always, always, always have hope. As I'm remembering things, I will not be having the podcast the next two weeks. I'm going to be in Italy uh, on a pilgrimage. And um, I will be in Rome for four days, then up in Assisi for uh, for two, three days, two nights. And then I'll be in Florence for two nights, three days. And then... Um, Venice for two nights, three days. And so we leave Monday morning, and then uh, it's a nine-hour, a nine-and-a-half-hour flight because we have to go from uh, Atlanta to Rome, and then um, 
on the way back, I forget how long it is, but it's a long flight. And then we have another flight from there to Phoenix, I mean, to uh, Cleveland. And then I have to be going and driving from there. So ah, pray for me. And I promise you, I'll be praying for you in all these places. Okay, so let's get started and move on and bring this up a, a bit. Enough of that uh, heavy stuff. Sorry about that. So let's go to where we're going here. So the first thing is Galatians, Clarissa Griffin. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I have no idea what that is. Galatians 5, I know Galatians 2, but let's look it up to see what you're trying to say here. Galatians, I wish I had my Bible, I have this one, these little small Bibles here, so it's a little bit harder, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, chapter 5, 22 and 23, do-do-do. But the fruit of the Spirit is charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, modesty, constancy. Against such things there is no law. Very good. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's a, I have no idea what you said that for, except for that's, we have to live by the fruit of the Spirit, which does give us hope. So thank you. Brad Koenig says, towards the start of the Mass, you make the sign of the cross when saying, may Almighty God have mercy on us. Not all priests, the laity, make the sign of the cross. Again, it's the forgiveness of venial sins, huh? Uh, and so it's really, that's what, I, like I say all the time, your venial sins are forgiven every time you go to Mass, if you repent of them. And again, it's not magic. So when the priest says, let us call to mind our sins, and we all put our heads down, and we're supposed to be not just thinking of our sins, because what is that? It has to be a thinking the sins, confessing those sins, and telling God you're sorry for those sins. And so if you repent of those sins, and repentance is necessary every time we go before God and every time we expect mercy, every time we go to confession. So repentance is more than confessing. If I could get this through every person's heart that is Catholic or Christian, God calls us to repentance, not just being sorry, not just to remind and confess. Confession doesn't lead to anything. What is necessary for forgiveness is repentance. So what does repentance mean? I will never do that sin again, period, by the help of God's grace. So uh, after my 12 o'clock meeting today, my classmate was there. So I was walking by. I said, I have to go to confession. So I went in there and went to confession. So when I went to confession a couple hours ago, what when I did again, we say the act of contrition, we say, I firmly resolve to help your grace to sin no more and to avoid the narrow occasions of sin. So you don't sit there and say, and I don't sit there and say, I'm going to try to sin no more. That's not what that's about. So repentance is necessary for forgiveness. So that's not just when you go to confession, but when you go to mass. So when the priest says, it's called to mind our sins, and we go and say, Lord, I'm sorry I yelled at my wife or I yelled at my husband or I was short with the kids. That means by your grace, Lord, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so then when the priest says, may almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life it's an absolution there's a true absolution at the beginning of mass for venial sins so that's why they do that uh the uh, peace that the the priest usually does it again not all the time uh and lay people can do it 
and not all the time. It's up to personal preference. I always bless myself, whether I'm sitting in a congregation or if I'm presiding over the congregation, because if you're of venial sins. Okay? So then we have Chris Walker. And Chris Walker just answered the question. Well, that's nice. You don't have to even ask me. All you have to do is ask Chris, and you'll be fine there, Brad. So, Deanna uh, Mack, my heart is with you today. What a significance with Father Mac holding his forefingers to his thumbs while praying the Our Father during Mass. Father Mac is the priest that says the Latin Mass. So Father Mac, if you notice, he's a fantastic preacher. Very, very good. But he's very rabbonic in the way he says Mass. And there's a tradition for that. Uh, rob- like a robot they all have to do the same you got to keep your fingers together there are called these rubrics now they're not rubrics for the new mass so he's bringing the rubrics of the old latin mass into the new mass that's just his particular style uh that i don't do that and uh 99 of priests uh, in the world don't do that when they're saying the new mass but it is part of the old mass uh, part of the latin mass and so that's why he does it because he's also the one that says the latin mass for the diocese uh, every other sunday for the traditional latin mass so that's why he does that father larry Oktoberfest was awesome glad i made the trip i'm glad you made it too uh, bruce thank you um and I did catch Mass before my flight back to Charlotte. Very good. Will you be marking the date for 22 as it's been set? Yes, it's always the first weekend of October. That's when we do it. Always the first weekend of October. So it's already set. It's already in the books. Uh, Oktoberfest, and thank you for all those who went and bought uh, tickets for the car. It was a fantastic Oktoberfest. We had people come from Katy, Texas. They came from Baltimore, they came from New Jersey, they came from all over, and it was so good when they introduced themselves to me. The person that won it, I had done a parish mission down in Texas, and uh, he had, uh, went to a couple of my missions and a couple of my talks there, and they bought it, and today I just got the email that he decided to take the car, which is a smarter thing because he could sell the car and make even more money. We have a prize of $50,000, you know, if you bought it with all that stuff, but he took the car, and uh, so he'll be able to sell that car and make a lot more money. Uh, so, again, it's just it's a blessing when you when you give just to help someone else, and it's again to help our parish. Then God can bless you uh, with that. And so I was very very happy for him, and um, thank you so much for those of you who uh, did buy tickets. I was hoping to sell. Uh, 4,000 tickets, we only sold 1,450, and so some of my other priest friends says, it's all you sold, da, da, da. Again, I have a small parish. Um, so, but thank you all who did help and uh, were came up, participated, bought basket uh, tickets and bought raffle tickets. Again, it's part of being a pastor. I'm always trying to, um, you know, keep my parish going. And it's hard to run. I have a very old, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful church. But the upkeep's a lot of money. So uh, that's why I have to do these type things uh, to keep us going. So thank you for coming up, uh, Bruce. Okay. 
Again, here we go, Wildfather Larry. What a, what a terrific Oktoberfest. Food, music, beer, we're all great. Thank you. My kids love the dog races. Big crowd Saturday. So glad we made the trip from Pittsburgh. Thank you again for coming up. It really, I really love it. You know, it's a good time. Uh, just to have people I haven't seen for a couple years, they came up and it was just so good. My whole thing is I don't get to spend a lot of time with anybody. It's just uh, going from person to person, which is part of my uh, life, but it's okay. Thank you for coming. Hi, Riley. Love, be a man. Great. It's time for me up to update that book. Uh, it's been out for like 12 years now, so uh, we should have done it for the 10th year. I don't know if Ignatius Price uh, will let me do it or not, but I think it's it's time. It's still a, a great selling book, but I think I would write it a little bit differently today than I did uh, 11, 12 years ago uh, to update it anyway. Okay, thank you. Here we go. Chris Brad, yes, I do, whatever that means. I have no idea. Chris, thank you. Claire, forget. That's what a name. That's good. Hi, Father. I have a question about Genesis versus evolution. Is it the teaching of the church that we believe Genesis story of creation as history or as a po poetic interpretation? We believe it's truth, uh, but it's, the, it's explaining the truth of God created. We do not necessarily believe that God created in seven days. Now, some people start jumping up and down, but again, uh, how do uh, we call a day 24 hours? You know, in the beginning, there was no one day before the separation of the first day, so there was not even a 24 hour period. There are two different accounts of creation in Genesis. The first out, uh, the, the first one says male and female, he created them. Part one. The second account says first he created man, and then he put him in a deep sleep, and then we heard on Sunday he took a rib out and said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Two entirely different uh, creation stories that are merged together. And that's why the teaching is it's the truth that God created. Now, whether God created in seven 24-hour days or whether God created each day as uh, millennial because uh, God works through nature. He's the one that set nature up. It's not heretical to think that God created the way he set things up. You know, uh, as long as we know that it's, we're not just products of evolution. We're not just products of uh, things spitting up. It's an intentional design by God. God designed the universe and designed each of us. Each of us have a purpose. And so, but again, no, it's just a way of talking about it. Now, again, I remember a good uh, Protestant friend of mine was a, a pastor, and we were in prayer once, and he, uh, in a prayer committee, a prayer meeting, and he sat there and he says, I would take a bullet for the seven-day creation, seven 24-hour days. And I said, God bless you. I'd take a bullet for Jesus, but I wouldn't take a bullet for the seven-day creation, 24-hour uh, days. And again, so some people will be fundamentalists and say, oh, Father, you know, you're, you're truly not of God now. That, that shows your hand. No, it doesn't. That's the teaching of the church. You know who even taught the Big Bang Theory? Was, uh, it's, uh, it's a priest who uh, brought that theory. It's still just a theory, uh, big scientific theory. It was a Roman Catholic priest who brought that forth. So again, you can believe, and John Paul II talked about a lot of this stuff. 
that you can believe in evolution, but not an evolution that came from nothing, but an intelligent design evolution we can believe. I hope that helps. Father, my prayers are with you. Thank you very much, Nancy. Did the winner of the car take the car or the cash? Like I just told you, uh, you probably did that before I did. He took the car, but he just emailed me about uh, uh, three hours ago and told me he was taking the car. It's always better for the parish if they don't take the car because then we only have to give $50,000 and we make even more money and then we sell the car and that would even help us more. But it's his car, he wanted. it, that's fine. Okay. Do, 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 do. Uh, my Jenny met Mac on the arrive at the Rainbow Bridge. Everyone is together till we meet again. I says, I didn't even know what the Rainbow Bridge was until I lost uh, my first dog, uh, Rudy, years ago. Um, yeah. They are, like I talked about on Sunday. God gives us animals, especially dogs, only live about 10 years to help us to know that it's people that we're supposed to go to, not just animals. They cannot take the place of people. Um, but they were a comfort, let me tell you. My dogs got me through COVID uh, because as a celibate, I had nobody, you know, literally. I mean, the other priests that used to live there, you'd never even seen them. I could go through literal days without seeing people at all you know and so uh except i mean i had my daily uh, mass on youtube and that but that was my only way of uh, uh seeing people so those dogs uh really 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 helped me get through that but after rex goes because he's 11 i thought he'd go way before mac probably no more dogs because it's um since I'm on the road so much, it's just so hard for someone else to take care of my dogs. And I had a great couple that did that for so long, but and, and, you know, it's not their job. And so they want to go and get away and go to Florida and all that kind of stuff. So they retired from it. And by God's grace, the, 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 the new priest, my assistant, didn't mind taking them. Um, but it'll be easier for him. That's, you know, I was hoping that God would... Uh, take Mac before so when I was gone in two weeks uh, the other uh, my wonderful assistant wouldn't have to put him down and that would have been just too hard so I want to make sure that I was there so God worked that out that I told Mac that uh, my dog you have to tell me when you're ready you tell me and I'll I'll let it make it happen so like yesterday you could just tell he was telling me and I said okay <sighs> sorry Okay. Yes, it does. Father Larry, any advice on how to practice turn the other cheek? When you feel someone wrongs you, struggling not to yell back when my wife gets short with me. She's great. I'm a frustrating man. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um, when it comes to turning the other cheek, you know, it's just one of those things that I always, you know, I'm not a good one at that. You know, I get mad. I always bark back. Because um, for me, like, when I was young, I was taught by my grandfather. 
the only way to stop a bully is to uh, help, is to make them fear you. Meaning that if you, if you fight back or like it's a horrible thing, but my mother, who's a cop, like my father is a bad alcoholic and he could be a mean alcoholic. Uh, and um, my mother once said to him, because she was a cop and she wouldn't put up with this stuff. And so she, my mother once said to him, if you ever touch me, I will kill you while you sleep. <laughs> Can you imagine? Now, don't do that. Don't do that. But my dad never touched my mother because he always knew in the back of his mind he would be killed while he was slept because my mother is the type that would, could do that. Now, of course, she didn't. But it was always put in the back and of her mind. So, and in my thing, like that's part of why I go to counseling now is that uh, when I was younger and I have to deal with my father and his uh, uh, abuse and being abused in so many other ways, it, it, it was hard. And so I developed uh, ways to, to make sure that I wasn't bullied and make sure I could control the situation. So that's where my anger in that comes from because I know if someone comes to me and they start with me. If I come back to them, that'll be the end of it. You know, so once in seminary, I mean, in seminary, this even happens. Can you imagine there was one guy who was particularly uh, hateful with his tongue and everything, and he came and come at me one day, and he just did do And I went up to him, and I said, you ever say anything like that to me again, I'm going to beat the living out of you. Well, guess what? He never said another thing like that to me again. And that was the end of it. So when you stick up to a bully, that usually ends it. The problem is that Jesus is calling us beyond that. So even when we're naturally like this, that isn't the way of Jesus. And so we got to ask for the grace to Jesus who says, turn the other cheek. He's really just sitting there saying, and most Catholics do not turn the other cheek about anything anymore we have to fight about everything um and so we have to ask for the heart of god you know that god i can't do that by myself i want to uh get back to the person i want them to pay i want them to stop doing what they're doing um so you got to give me your heart so that's the only thing you can do is you ask for the heart of god because sometimes I do believe that being hard on somebody, kicking, kicking them in the butt when they need to kick in the butt is important and is of God. But you got to make sure you're doing it for him and for others, not for yourself. Huh? So hopefully that helps. Again, I'm not the best par person to answer that question. Uh, again, we, I have issues, uh, as everybody knows. So, but God is good. He can use, even use people with issues. Isn't that good? Okay. I love that you only saw Mac go to sleep and left. <laughs> it was, uh, 
and we will be sitting there sending pictures out of my trip. If you if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter and any of those things, I'm going to be doing my daily homilies, not from Rome. What I'll do is I'll I'll set them up here before I leave. So in the next couple of days, I will do all my homilies. I'll do all the readings, and then I'll set them up to go out at seven o'clock in the morning Eastern every day. But they'll have been done two weeks ahead of time. And then uh, that'll automatically go out. I'll also do my morning tweets ahead of time and my evening tweets and pictures at a time. And my staff will put those out uh, on the 10 days I'm gone. But I will be putting out pictures of our trip so you can see various, uh, the various sites and that and different things like that. So we, I, I don't know if I'll be doing it every day. Who knows? Because uh, normally when I do these trips, I have someone else who's in charge. I'm just a chaplain. This time, I'm the chaplain. I'm in charge, which because uh, uh, Sonia couldn't come and she was supposed to really be running this trip. And I just like go around and, you know, be the nice guy and whatever. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But now I have to worry about all that stuff has <laughs> me crazy, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, but I'll be taking pictures and you'll be seeing them. So if you want to follow along, go to Instagram or go to Twitter or go to my Facebook pages or LinkedIn, and you'll be able to see all those uh, pictures as they come. Saying the rosary is confusing to me. Sometimes I feel like I'm just rattling off some words rather than praying. Do you have any suggestions? I sure do. In fact, uh, and when I'm done with the Our Father book, I want to do a prayer on the uh, Hail Mary and do a book on the Hail Mary, especially meditations. Because again, the rosary is not supposed to be rattling on like the pagans do. The rosary is saying words like a mantra so you can get into a meditative state so you can meditate on the mysteries of the rosary. So to meditate on the mysteries of the rosary is like, again, like I was just talking about this uh, this morning in my homily. Um, so you're, you're, you start the, the, the um, third joyful mystery, the birth of Jesus. And as you're saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Uh, you're just saying that prayer. You're, it's like you ask Mary ahead of time to take you by the hand and to show you because no one looked at Jesus more than Mary did. So to be able to see Jesus through the eyes of Mary is fantastic. And that's what happens in the rosary. We begin to be able to see Jesus through the eyes of Mary. And uh, so when you're meditating on the uh, birth of Jesus, you watch Jesus be born. However, Jesus was born. We won't get into that. You watch, I always say St. Joseph was the first one to receive communion in the hand because he had to help uh, be there and hold him and then gives him back to Mary and he's all clean and everything and Mary's holding, looking into the God of the universe's eyes, Jesus Christ is, who lived inside of her for nine months. And as you're watching this and you're, you're entering into this and you're smelling the manure and the urine and all the stuff that goes along with the animals and the hay and all that stuff, Mary looks at you as she's holding her baby Jesus and she says, hey, here, would you like to hold him? And then you take Jesus in your arms and you just hold him and you look down at him. And as you're holding Jesus, you're just sitting there thinking, you are the God of the universe and you're letting me hold you. But the greatness of that 
is that gets to happen to you every time you go to Mass. Every time you go to Mass, the God the universe cannot contain humbles himself before you. He feeds you with his precious body and blood. It's not dead flesh. It's the resurrected Jesus Christ. And so now you hold the God of the universe. You hold the God of the universe in your hands. And then you take the God of the universe and you receive him. And then Jesus lives in you as he lived in Mary. That's how you say the rosary. Because once you enter into the beauty of the mystery, the mystery becomes real into how you live your life today. How does that happen to you today? Like when Mary said yes at the Annunciation and she brought salvation to the world. When you say yes to the will of the Father, you bring salvation to the life of the world. So the rosary is meant to be meditated on so that you can enter into the mystery. And as you're entering into the mystery so that you can be transformed by the mystery and you can live the mystery today the way God leads you to say the mystery. So do not focus on the prayers. Focus on the mystery. And that will be, if I ever get done with this, uh, be a man, I mean, uh, Lord's Prayer book, which is getting better. Uh, yeah, uh, it'll next one will be uh, on the um, the Hail Mary. Uh, so hopefully that'll help uh, you. And I, I love saying the Rosary, uh, especially today. Okie dokie. Everyone should be just consider themselves lucky that Luigi the Dash Hunt, my dog, didn't participate. He would have won everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. We'll see. Have you finished your book, Our Father? Not yet. Your homily is placing your homily is placing mercy above justice. Has really helped me go deeper into my faith. Those words you left us with, what can I do for you has ever changed me. Uh, thank you there, Bruce. And again, I just God's mercy is uh, always goes after his judgment. That's the whole purpose of the cross. The whole reason Jesus Christ was born was to save us from our sins. And too often we're f- just pushing justice. The prophet Jonah wanted justice and God gave mercy and it made him mad. People today, they want people to get justice. But like I said this morning, I said, well, let's that begin with you. If you want the people in the world to get justice, let this justice begin with you, which means you will be damned because that's what justice. If any of us demands justice, all of us will be damned. I hope that you let that enter in. If you get what you deserve, you will be damned. You want mercy? You got to give mercy. And you got to pray for God's mercy on anyone. You will not, again, when you know, measure with which you measure will be measured back with you. So if you're a person of all justice, then go for it. May God judge you that way. May you be judged by the justice you want the world to be uh, measured because God promises you the measure with which you measure others will be measured back to you. So if you want to be saved, you better be focusing on Mercy. They better be looking at you as a person of mercy more than anything else. You're a Christian. That's your job. Justice is supposed to be given by the state. That's their job. Our job is to give mercy. 
The state's job is to bring justice. So be a Christian first. If not, may God judge you the way you judge everybody else. And if you're a man or a woman of mercy, may God give you mercy the way you give mercy to everybody else. It's amazing that God treats us the way we treat others. It's just that simple. And that's the gospel. And I'm, you know, all these people that are yelling and screaming in God's name and putting the Pope down and everything else, and they're saying they're good Catholics, where they're the very, 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 very worst of Catholics by far when you're judging everybody else. It's your, you're the worst of the worst of the worst. If it becomes between you and a prostitute, you're worse than a prostitute because a prostitute knows they need mercy. You don't know you need mercy. You think you're better than everybody else. You'll be damned forever. Even you'll be a virgin, it says a rosary every day and still be damned forever if you don't want to give mercy to other people. It's just that simple. Hear the word of the Lord. Make sure this enters into your heart. I am telling you truth. And you got to listen because when you stand before God on judgment day, again, he's going to say to you, I sent to you the loudest mouth priest I had on this earth to try to save you and to get you to receive mercy and to give mercy. And you're only focused on judging everybody else who didn't agree with you. It's not going to work, so you better do it. So thank you, Bruce, for saying that you're learning a lot about mercy. That's the greatest thing you can learn. I'm sorry about the loss of your dog. Play, uh, thank you there very much. Okay, I know you don't like hugs. You're right. I still haven't told my mother my dog died yet because she won't even uh, understand. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh tomorrow. Uh, briefly just to go in. Sometimes when people are in Pittsburgh, say, Father, why don't you stop? It's not possible <laughs> for me to stop since I'm, I'm leaving for uh, uh, Italy on Monday. I have to get down to see my mother. So I'm going to just run down tomorrow. It's my day off and take her to lunch and then come right back. So, uh, yeah. But I'll tell her tomorrow. She still won't understand, but that's okay. Let's go on. Father, can you receive the difference between receiving the anointing of the sick and receiving the apostolic blessing at the time of death? Yes. The anointing, of the, uh, you know, we call them two different things. It's the same sacrament, but it, when they're given at the end of your life, it's the old thing was called extreme unction or the last rites. The anointing of the sick is for healing. You know, that's why some of the older people and I, when they see the priest coming into the hospital, they're like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. And it scares the hell out of them, literally. But it should be like excited. Father, uh, come, uh, unless, uh, unless you're a priest named Father Dedish from the Diocese of Erie, if you see him coming in to anoint you, run because he's the angel of death. He'll tell you himself, the angel of death. Every time one of my good friends was dying and I, and I kept anointing him and anointing him. And he was young, he was in his 40s and he died of cancer. And then Father Dedish came in and uh, anointed him, and then he died. 
And so at the funeral, we were both there, and I says, you know, I just kept, I kept praying and uh, asking for God to heal, and I'm thinking, why didn't, why wasn't he healed? And then I found out it's because Father Dedish came, and since Father Dedish is the angel of death, he anointed him and he died. So if you're in Erie, Pennsylvania, Father Dedish comes into your uh, hospital room, run! <laughs> now Father Dedish is going to call me and give me. Uh, some words which we will not be able to repeat here on the podcast, but it's true. Anointing of the sick is to bring healing to the person. It comes from the blooder of James, correct? It says, is there any among, anyone among you? Let them, say, let them say, uh, send for the priests of the church or the elders of the church, but Moton uh, needs the same thing, the presbyters of the church. Let them send for the priests of the church. Let the priests lay hands on them and anoint them with oil, and they will be made well. And if they have forgiven, if they have committed any sins, their sins will be forgiven them. So the anointing of the sick not only brings healing, but forgiveness of sin. The extreme unction or the uh, last rites does that, forgives sins. It brings them to healing, to eternal life, because I've said a, a thousand times again, what's the greatest healing is death when we get to go home. It's when we're finally healed forever. And then, uh, but also we give at the moment of death the uh, apostolic pardon, which is full remission of all confessed sins. So again, that's why all these people that sit there and want everybody to go to purgatory, oh, we're gonna all go to purgatory. No, we're not. I have no desire or plans for that. I plan, I pray to St. Joseph for a happy death, which means that when I die, I have the sacraments, God willing, I get communion for viaticum on the way, and I get the apostolic pardon, which is full remission of all confessed sins. So I go to confession, can make sure everything's gone, and then I get the apostolic pardon. There is no purgatory. It's right into heaven. That's why it's always important, people, to pray to St. Joseph that he prays for you for a happy death. Huh? That's what the first Friday's devotion was part for. I mean, so you could do that, to get a happy death. So I encourage you, uh, don't shoot for purgatory. Shoot for heaven, Okay. Shoot, excuse me, shoot for heaven. Okay. So. Okay. Fireside monster. Hey, Father, when someone miscarries at home, would burying in the backyard be all right? Or would you need that proper funeral? I've been given different information. If the baby's big enough uh, to be viable, then you can... Uh, you know, we, I would bury him or her. Uh, we don't have anything. I was just talking about this, a bunch of us priests the other day. There isn't any big rituals for miscarriages in the Catholic Church. And if you know some in the Catholic Church, I've had to go to the Episcopalians and use some of their rituals. But as much as we're pro-life and everything else, there isn't a lot. And yet those of you who have miscarried know that is a great and deep pain that we're just not ministering to well enough. And again, I, I had looked a lot on that because, uh, of course, I've had to deal with this with my own parishioners miscarrying. Uh, and not a lot of people uh, even talk about it. But when they come in, and uh, again, if they're late term, of course, then we bury them and have a funeral mass. Um, but there still needs to be more. So uh, 
I'd encourage you, if you're one of those people out there that uh, you like to do stuff like that, I think we like need a movement that deals with uh, ministry to people who have been had miscarriages and to raise up rituals that help people through that process. Because in the Catholic Church, we ritualize everything. That's why we have funerals, baptisms, all that kind of stuff. Uh, to have a ritual, uh, besides a, four fun- a full funeral mass, for how to help the woman and the husband who have had a lot of had him miscarried. What do you do with the fetus? All that stuff. Um, and again, there might be stuff out there. I have not seen it and I have looked and I've talked to other priests about this a lot. So there might be stuff. Someone might be uh, listening to this now and say, Oh father, this, 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 and this. Well then uh, send that to me. That would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. I have a rosary book that has a meditation for each Hail Mary about the mysteries, which helps me pray the rosary. Very good. Just don't let it become ritualistic. Enter, really enter into the mystery instead of just thinking about it. Enter into the mystery, which is even uh, better. Thank you, Margaret. I know he will. Hi, Father. I know this is my second question. Second question. You're a lot of second question, of course. What are your thoughts about the Latin Mass? The Latin Mass is, uh, was a Mass that was part of our church for a century. I mean, uh, almost a thousand years, huh? But as always, we had a Vatican Council that dealt with that and says it's time to come to the vernacular. I have no problem with the Latin Mass. In fact, you're allowed to say a Latin Mass uh, in the new Mass Anytime you want. I mean, that's uh, part would be saying that today's mass with the Latin. The problem is, I, and again, I'm not saying this in a problematic way, is that a lot of the people that go to the Latin mass think that it's holier than the regular mass. And that would be going against the teaching of the church. Because the same Jesus that comes to that altar in my church, when I say Mass, the same Jesus that's on the altar at the Latin Mass. One of the things, though, too, I'm interested in, and I've said this to them, is that you can tell a tree by its fruit, and the fruit is what it does for others, especially for the poor. And in my experience, and I have a limited experience, I get it, but a lot of the people that go to the Latin Mass are only concerned about their own spirituality and their own holiness. But they, as a community, don't do anything for the poor, don't do anything. And again, it's an overgeneralization. There might be very explicit, but the places I have seen, it's just their community, they get together for a Latin Mass. And so they don't belong to other uh, parishes. I've had a lot of uh, my own parishioners that left because they went there and took their families and everything else, and they hit me with the thing, well, uh, I need my kids to be holy, and this is the way it's going to grow up. Well, the church didn't go that way. The church went beyond the Latin Mass. Why? Because Jesus didn't say Mass in Latin. He said it in the vernacular. There was no mystery. There was no incense when Jesus said the Mass. Now, it's a development of liturgical style. Absolutely. But then there was a development beyond that liturgical style. Absolutely. And again, a lot of them, but not all of them, but a lot in my experience will not support Pope Francis. 
So to me, again, if you're not supporting the Pope, you have separated yourself from the Catholic Church. You are a schismatic. You have separated yourself from the Pope. He is the visible sign of unity uh, beyond the Eucharist is the Pope. That's what it is. Like him or not like him. Again, we've talked about this. Second, that you got to do something beyond you're just praying and looking good at the uh, liturgical level. You got to go, the, the mass should help you love other people more. If it doesn't, then there's a bad fruit about it. Fruit is about giving life to others. It's not thinking you're better than anyone else because of that. So like again, years ago, I even went and got the, uh, the DVDs to say the Latin mass because I figured in my church, it's a perfect place for it. That if I was gonna, if some of the people like the Latin Mass, I would learn it for them if that would help them worship. But they would have to be part of the community and they would have to participate in everything else we do and they'd have to take care of the poor and do all that stuff. So to me, that would be perfect because they're still part of the community. They're one in union with the Holy Father, they're one in union with a parish. They don't think they're better than anybody else, they just like the Latin worship which is fantastic. So there's concerns I have about it, but its essence, uh, the church did it for a thousand years, so there can be nothing wrong with it, right? And again, sometimes it's just like doing things my way, the way I like things. But when the Pope, you know, the Pope was very clear, you know, uh, he won't even let any young people, young priests learn the Latin Mass without explicitly getting permission from Rome. Why? That's the only way you can learn uh, another right mass too is permission from Rome. So they're trying to take that because again, I was at a parish years ago and I, I was doing a parish mission and the priest was there and he says, uh, uh, I don't care if anybody else is there. It's just me and Jesus. And I'm thinking, I can't say what I was thinking. It was a judgment. A priest exists for everybody else. We don't exist for me and Jesus. If that's a priest, they should leave the priesthood. The priest means that they stand between God and his people. And they offer sacrifice for the people. It's not about what you like, what I like. Again, years ago, I was in seminary and there was the charismatics and they were having a life in the spirit seminar. And I says, the guy who invited me was another seminarian. And he says, uh, Larry wants to come. I go, oh, thank you. That's not my spirituality. And he said to me, oh, I thought you were going to be ordained for all the people of God, not just for your spirituality. <laughs> oh, I hated that. I got to minister to every person, not just Catholics. God wants everyone to be saved. And he wants me to be the instrument that gets them there. So we got to be open to all things. So I think the Latin Mass is good. I think it's uh, great. It's when it's done in the proper thing. It takes you outside of yourself if it's a way to make you pray. But if you become more judgmental, if you don't agree with Vatican II, and if you uh, don't like the Pope, then just by doing that, you're separating yourself. And to separate yourself even for a schism jeopardizes your eternal salvation. So I'm just telling you, you can be all holy and all that stuff and still go to hell. You know, it's very, very simple. I can go to hell too for other reasons, but I'm just saying, we got to sit there and think that when I'm going against the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, and I don't think that a council is a true council, I am in schism. I have separated myself from the Catholic Church. That's why I have, I have issues 
that uh, some people, but not with the mass itself, none at all. Okay. Uh, is the pilgrim, uh, Father Larry, is the pilgrimage you're going on next week open to everyone? Anyone? Of course. I'm from Miami and told you I'd love to go next year if possible. Uh, next year, I'm not going back to Rome. Next year, I'm going to uh, me and John Edwards are going over to the Holy Land again. So if you haven't been to the Holy Land, um, just put Father Larry Richards, Holy Land. It's with Select International, fantastic group that we go with. And so it's going to be next year. I don't remember exactly, but I know the advertising is already out. And the Holy Land is fantastic. If you haven't been there, come with me next year. We have a ball when I'm in pilgrimage with me. We do all the holy stuff. And then at night, we always go to the... uh, hotel at the bar bar hotel and we have a drink or two and have fun and discuss the day and have a it's just uh we have a good time so don't we don't sin but we do have a good time okay how do you feel the people who wear the rosary as jewelry if they wear it it's okay as long as they're saying it too <laughs> you know so but a lot of them wear that and it becomes a hypocrisy you know like oh look at me and showing off you need to be saying that and meditating on it but i don't have any problem people that wear it in itself there's a program in the milwaukee archdiocese miscarried babies are buried in a service and interred at no cost to the families someone told me something about that before that's great i I know we don't have it but uh i'd love if there's a a real program again i'd love to hear that and i think we talked about that last week now i'm uh thinking about it so hello father larry would it be possible to do a rosary on youtube to help everyone to meditate i know i have a hard time with it uh, one of these days, that might, it's a great idea. If I have a chance, there's just a thousand things going on in my life right now. And so I, what I do is I, I, I sometimes jump to the next thing without finishing the old things. So I got to get these things in my life. Um, I got to get them, uh, fixed before I can move on to other things. Okay. Do, 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 uh, for, I agree with Richard, Father Larry, would love to hear you lead a rosary online. You got it. We're going to do it. It'll just have uh, time here. We are praying for you. Have a blessed and beautiful time in pilgrimage. Thank you very much, Mark and Lisa. Well, thank you. Uh, again, we're going to be going here. I'm going to go uh, see my counselor. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, Again, yesterday, I'm much better than I was yesterday. Yesterday, literally, I cried all day, and I hate to cry, but it was just like one of those things, you know. Today, after I took him, uh, and it was done, I just had a great sense that I put him in God's hands, and it was like a, <sighs> okay, God, now you have him, and I didn't have to worry about him anymore. So, it's a good thing, huh? Okay, so pray for me. I will see you in two weeks. Again, someone asked earlier today about uh, uh, Father Mac will be saying the Daily Mass on YouTube and that uh, uh, for the next, because uh, uh, I, again, I won't be home till the 22nd or whatever that is uh, of uh, that Friday. I'll be back and then I'll be saying Mass that weekend. But I have the Masses this weekend and then I leave. I have Mass Monday morning. Uh, and uh, then we take off after Mass Monday morning. And so all the other Masses will be Father Mac. Okay. Uh, the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.